Hey guys, welcome back to the podcast slash live stream. Um, I don't know why it is, but I always kind of struggle pushing that go live button because I think like I'm going to die or I don't know, something crazy like that. And so far I have not died yet on a live stream. So we're going to try to keep it that way. Um, what are we talking about today? Well, the topic of the show is improving your focus. And we're going to talk about that specifically in how it relates to starting your own small business. Um, we're going to tie it into that anyway. I'm not going to be like, this is what you need to focus on, but we're going to be talking about, I guess, the mental aspects, the things that you can control in your brain to help you focus on the right things and how that ties into your business. But before we get into that today, I've got a little quote for you and I'm not exactly sure where I first heard it, but it's been around for a while. I've heard lots of people say it, and that is the only constant is change. And right now I'm getting a phone call, but that can wait. Um, the only constant is change. And life is ever changing. Um, you know, if you've lived for any amount of time, you know that change is inevitable. And so it's kind of interesting. The only constant is change, a little play on words with that. And, and you can only ever bank on things changing. Like you, things don't stay the same. Jack Spearco at the Survival Podcast says the more, stay, the more things change, the more they stay the same. And it's a little ironic how that works. Things change to be more, but the only constant is also change. It screws with you a little bit mentally if if you want to go that route. Um, got a couple announcements for you before we jump into the main topic of improving your focus though. So last night I uh, was hauling some water back to my pigs and what we do is we have a tank on a little trailer it's an IBC tote, like 220 gallons. And so once a week, we'll go fill it up down at the river so my wife can water the garden. We've got water for the animals and all of that. And we were hauling it back to where our pigs are at. And she starts freaking out, like not really freaking out, but talking all excitedly. And to me, she was freaking out. My heart rate went through the roof and all that. And here all it was was a swarm of bees on a fence post. And so we went and did what we needed to do, found a bee box and went and caught that swarm of bees. I've never, well, I did, I did help catch a swarm of bees once before. And it was, it was interesting. I wasn't the one doing the collecting at that time, but last night I was the one doing the collecting. And so it was really cool as, you know, we've got this fence post and the bees are just covering the wooden fence posts and I had my gloved hands and I went in, I scooped them up and dumped them onto the bee box. And so that was, was a really cool sensation. You know, you've got a big old handful of bees and they're just kind of swarming and buzzing all over you. It's kind of a cool sensation. And I got most of the way through collecting these bees without any, uh, any incidents, no stings, no nothing like that. But they were, you know, they, they were a little irritated as you would be if somebody tried to move your family to where you didn't want to be moved to. And they were buzzing at my my netting that was around my head to protect me from getting stunk. Thankfully, I, I had that. So 
as I was finishing up and trying to sweep most of the bees off of me, I could feel one crawling around in my shirt. So I'm like, I, I got to go get my shirt off so this guy can get out. He's going to sting me somewhere. And I didn't want to be stung because I don't like getting stung. And um, so got most of the bees off the suit and walked away from them, took my suit off. Well, as I took my suit off, pulled the hood back and one of them flew in and stung me right in my temple. And it never feels good to get stung. And it doesn't hurt that bad, but it doesn't feel good to get stung. Well, this one here, I immediately started getting a headache. And if you know me, I almost never get a headache. If I get a headache, it is a write this down in your notebook. This is history in the making type of thing. I don't get headaches. And I immediately started getting a headache on this one. It only lasted for a few minutes, but it, it did affect me pretty quickly. And I wasn't too worried about it. I've only ever had one bad reaction to a bee sting. And that was about five years ago, five and a half years now, when dad and I were working with our bees that we had in Georgia just before we moved to Kentucky. And we were moving the bee boxes. And I got stung on my wrist right by the, I guess you call it the little knuckle of your wrist. I got stung right there. And the stinger stayed in there for a few minutes. And my arms swelled up. Uh, about up to my shoulder. It was up in my bicep area where my whole arm swelled up so much. I couldn't even move my fingers. Like it was probably three or four. My hand was about three or four times its normal thickness. I couldn't move or anything at all. Sorry, I had somebody going by. I was checking to make sure that they were not pulling in my driveway. And so I wasn't too worried about the bee sting I received last night because I've only ever had one bad reaction to a bee sting. Until that is, I was about to shower last night and I was checking out this bee sting on my temple. And I'm like, the stinger is still in there. I'm like, oh boy, that's what happened last time when I had that other horrible reaction. And so I pulled the thing out. As You know, that never feels good either. It's like a little drop of poison on the end of it. So you pull it out and it feels like it's pulling half your skin off and it was weird. It was just a tiny little stinger and the damage that they can do. Like by the time I'd found out that the stinger was there, there was probably a two or three inch area on the side of my head that was red and starting to swell a little bit. So I went ahead and showered and put some uh, black drawing salve on it, put a bandaid over it. It was like, well, Hopefully I, my head doesn't swell up and I suffocate during the night because if I had the same reaction that happened with my arm and if that happened on my head, then you got problems. Well, thankfully that has not happened yet. The swelling is down quite a bit by now. It was the, the side of my face was visibly swollen this morning. My eye wasn't swollen shut, but it was definitely swollen and you could tell like something's up. So by now the swelling is mostly gone, but I can still feel it a little bit where it stung me. So anyway, I've got new bees on the homestead. So that's awesome. I think we're at two hives now. One of them has been completely neglected for the last several years, but they keep going strong. We haven't messed with them at all. I'm sure they've swarmed quite a few times. Probably the swarm I caught last night came from that beehive. It's very 
likely, very likely. But enough about bees. That was just an aside. For those of you that are watching, if you can see, I look a little swollen on the right side of my face. That's the reason. I also remind you, I'll drop a link in the show notes, but EdgeCon 2023 going to be held in Nashville. This is... As they as they describe it, Dave Kaufman, who is the the founder of EdgeCon, he says is the most transformative small business Christian conference in America, and I would have to agree with that. I've been for the last three years. I really enjoy it. Super encouraging. A lot a lot to learn from the speakers that are there every year. But I bring that up to say this: I'm giving away a free ticket to EdgeCon 2023. And I can do that because I won a free ticket at the last EdgeCon. And so if you would like to go to a small business conference, I'm going to drop a link in the show notes where you can go sign up. I'm giving that ticket away at the end of June. And you're going to want to sign up for this because your odds of winning it at this point are pretty good. So EdgeCon 2023 is going to be held in Nashville. It is a Christian small business conference. Go sign up. You have a very high chance of winning it at this point if you sign up. Uh, the next thing, there are some changes coming to the Constructive Liberty podcast. And what that's going to look like is this. We're either going to change the name of the podcast or we're going to end the Constructive Liberty podcast and start a new one. And I haven't worked out all the details of that yet. but. The purpose of that is I'm somebody who likes to help other people start things like their own small business. I think everybody should have a small business or a side hustle. It gives you the mindset, the mentality of doing everything for a profit. And and that doesn't mean that you can never be like, oh, I'm going to make, I'm not going to make some money off of helping this little old lady with her steps. So I'm not going to go do that. That's not what I'm talking about here. What I mean is looking at the cost versus benefit of everything you do, whether that is your homestead, whether that is, um, you know, having the goats, the rabbits, the pigs, the chickens, the sheep, the whatever on your homestead, or the the things that you do in your construction business, you know, is building decks profitable for you? Is sidings, pro- doing like vinyl siding, is that profitable? What is it that drives those things for you? And starting a business or a side hustle gives you the analytical minor helps you understand how those things work and what to look for. So I'm a firm believer that everybody needs to start a small business. And so the reason I'm changing the Constructive Liberty podcast is to better reflect that marketing. So my options are either building small business as the name of the podcast or, or and I have that website already, or something like Solopreneur Radio, because I am a solopreneur. I work on my own. My wife's got her own. Um, we've each got our own business, some of, you know, multiple businesses. <laughs> and as we're working through a lot of the things within those businesses, we're learning a lot. We're learning how to do marketing, uh, the client attraction thing. We're learning about 
email marketing, um, person to person, we're learning how to build a small business. And I love it. Like those are the things that really get me excited is the possibilities of what could be. I almost like talking about what could be the possibilities better than, you know, the actual reality of things. And, and that's a downfall of mine. It really is. It's something that I struggle with. I have to guard against that because it, I can also, I can often start something and then not finish it. The, the thing that I love doing within that is, is helping people figure out what it is that they love doing. And then thinking of ways to monetize that, whether that is, you know, like for my wife and I, the homestead, the construction, flower business, the, the helping other people business, you know, y'all know if you've listened to my podcast for any amount of time that I've been focused on coaching teens and I didn't really have a uh, clear marketing angle for that to attract people to, so that people know what it is I do. It's like, Oh, you coach teens. Well, what, what does that mean? So my goal with the building small business or the solopreneur radio is yes, I'd still coach teens that want to start a business or that think they want to, that would be the angle that I would help them on. But I wouldn't be only geared towards teens. It would be both. And, you know, both, you know, can be 25, 30, 50 year olds, but also I really want teens to start their own business. So that's opening up the market a little bit, but instead of just all of teen market, it'd be people who want to start their own business as a solopreneur, but don't know where to start or need somebody to bounce their ideas off of. Cause I'm, I'm pretty good at being able to have ideas bounced off of me and spit them back, have some insights into those things, help you to see the possibilities, the potential pitfalls and, and all of that. And I do that fairly well. So that's where I'm going with the podcast. I'm either going to change the name or start a whole new one, but you guys here will be the first to know when that actually happens. So don't fear yet. You don't have to go out searching for the new feed or afraid I'm going to leave you guys sitting in the dust. I'm not going to leave you behind. I will make it very clear where you can follow me in building small business or solopreneur radio. And with that being said, if you've got any ideas on that or got any thoughts about the name or the change or how to best transition, I'd love to hear from you. Send an email to ken at constructiveliberty.com. Love to hear your thoughts on that. I will reply. I'll drop that email in the show notes as well. Um, I wanted to share kind of along those notes, uh, something that an interaction I had on social media and on Facebook this morning, I posted, what do you guys want to hear on the Constructive Liberty podcast? And one of my friends on Facebook said this, he said, I think there's a deep lack of encouragement for young men these days to pick up a heavy burden and take pride in carrying it well. It's difficult and requires deep sacrifices, but ultimately in the end, it's what makes life worth living. And we've talked about that so many times on so many of our other episodes about having that purpose, about the things that make life really worth living. And so I replied to him. I said, that's an interesting insight. Why do you think it is that that has happened? He said, 
I've noticed a constant narrative being built up around masculinity over the last 10 years. The idea is that boys should be socialized like girls. But the truth is that boys need conflict and challenges in order to find their outer limits. A society that forbids low-level conflict and risk-taking for boys ends up with a generation of weak males who shrink when things get tough instead of taking a risk. Or instead of taping... Sorry. (laughs) They end up with a a society that forbids low-level conflict and risk-taking for boys ends up with a generation of weak males who shrink when things get rough instead of stepping forward and taking a risk. The most fundamental risk a man and woman can take is having children, and the birth rate in the West is plummeting. There's plenty of analytical reasons people can give for not having kids these days, but really there just isn't the appetite for risk and a huge challenge today like there used to be. That side of society is primarily driven by men, talking about the risk side of society, and it isn't happening like it needs to. And I completely and 100% agree. We're not going to dive into a lot of that. But the thing that I wanted to bring out is the risk thing. So many people are afraid to take a risk because they're afraid of losing what they have. And something that always stood out to me is, I don't know if you've ever watched the movie. It's a Tom Cruise movie. Um, I can't remember what the name of it's called. It's based on a book by, I think, H.G. Wells. It's a sci-fi movie where the aliens come in and invade. But at the beginning of the movie, his daughter was so obsessed with the sky, with the stars. And she wanted to go to the stars. Like she wanted with everything in her heart to be able to go into outer space. And her mom said, her mom was like, but honey, what if there's nothing there? And she turned and looked at her and said, but what if there's everything? And that is what it's like with starting a business. Like, look at the possibilities. You don't know what's there unless you try. Yes, you could, you could lose what you have, but you'll come through it with your life. So many people have failed thousands of times and come through to create the biggest success that anyone could imagine. You know, a failure is only a true failure if you don't learn from it, if you don't learn a lesson. Some people say failure uh, to fail is simply your first attempt in learning. Don't let it become your final attempt in learning. That is when it is truly a failure. If you learn a lesson from it, you adapt, you tweak, maybe even go in a completely new direction. You have not failed. Sure, you didn't achieve the end goal that you set out to achieve, but you learned something. You learned that maybe I don't want to do that thing. Maybe you tried to start a handyman business and failed utterly, and you realized, you know what? I really don't like working for myself. I don't like the stress of having to go find clients and doing the work and then having to send the bill and the collections and keeping up with that side of it. Maybe you don't like that and you just want to go work for somebody else. That's great. There's nothing wrong with that. It doesn't mean that you are a failure. Too many times people identify with their actions and they lose focus on what's important. And so you know, this is kind of where we bring in the improving your focus thing that we talked about at the beginning. 
you know, we're 20 minutes in and we haven't really talked about improving your focus, but this whole time we've been talking about what it is that you want to focus on, what it is that you enjoy doing, you know, creating that business, focusing on the things that are important. And I'm not saying it's important that you create a business. I believe everyone should try to make money doing their own thing. That That is what I call a business. I'm not saying you have to go apply for your business license and, and get incorporated and do all of those things. I'm not saying everybody needs that aspect of it. What I'm saying is everybody needs to try to generate an income outside of the nine to five job. For some people that is going to be having their own full-fledged business. For other people that's going to be, hey, you know what? I love going shopping at flea markets and I see these items there all the time for $5 and I see them on eBay for $27 selling consistently. I can go buy that $5 item at the flea market and turn around and sell it on eBay for $27 and I just made a $22 profit. That is what I'm talking about when I say everybody needs their own business or side hustle. There's a lot of people that do that very thing out there. And you can do it too if you just try. You just have to find what works for you. Find the thing that you love doing and go do that. So what to focus on really? You know, we've all been to that place where like, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to focus on, whether that is in your business, in your on your homestead, in your life, or whatever those things are. But sometimes your brain just doesn't want to turn on. And the I wanted to bring this up. The best acronym I ever heard for focus is John Lee Dumas from Entrepreneurs on Fire. If you if you like entrepreneurial stuff, if you like hearing from people who have gone on before and created their own businesses, go check out the Entrepreneurs on Fire podcast. Excellent interview format show. Go check it out. They are a bit long. That's why I don't listen to all of them, but very good, very informative. And you can pick and choose through the ones that you want to hear. What I was saying there on that, John Lee Dumas says that focus is simply follow one course until success. And that is so true. Never more true than in when you're starting your own business. Some people can't focus or they think they can't. They have trouble just turning their brain on. Uh, my wife calls it monkey brain. It's like you just have all these jumbled thoughts and, and it's going everywhere. I call it spaghetti brain. It's like if you take a glob of spaghetti and you drop it in there, it's impossible to follow one spaghetti noodle through that whole pile. You know, I like my brain to be as if all the spaghetti noodles were laid out straight and in a line so that I can pick one of those noodles and follow it along. I don't want it to be intertwined and entangled with all the others because I can't focus. I just, I don't like it. For other people, it, they they seem to be able to focus much easier. And a lot of the problem, a lot of the reason why we can't focus on the right things or on the things we need to focus on is because of distractions like this. This is a huge distraction. At the beginning of when I started recording this, you might've heard my the notifications on my laptop going off because I got a couple of emails that came in. Distractions are huge. But how do you overcome all the clutter, you know, the digital things, the flashing lights, the people walking into your office or somebody asking something from you, the Facebook notifications, the Instagram, the TikTok, the emails, the... Uh, 
How do you get through all of that? That's where focus comes in. And as with anything, no matter what you try, and focus is no different, but practice makes perfect. You don't have to get to perfection though. You just have to get to good enough. So I like to say, don't let good enough, don't let perfect get in the way of good enough. It, all you have to do is get to good enough. It doesn't have to be perfect. So practice makes good enough focus. So if you create a clear plan and establish those healthy habits ahead of time, you can cut the distractions out. You can cut through the fog and be productive. So the number one thing to improve your focus is to identify clear goals, whether that's in business or it's on your homestead or whether that is in your church or whatever the thing is, you need to have a clear goal for it. Because if you don't have that goal, for instance, I sit down to plan out this podcast. I don't know what I'm going to talk about. You know, like I I sit here and I'm like, well, what am I going to talk about today? And I'm thinking, and my phone dings. And so I pick up my phone and 25 minutes later, I'm like, oh yeah, the podcast. What am I talking about today? I don't know. So I don't have a clear goal. Once I have the goal of what I'm going to talk about, like I really think I need to talk about creating a small business, how to get started. Or like last week I had the, the top five tools every entrepreneur should be using. I had a goal. I knew what I was going to be creating and talking about. And so I was able to focus on it. So your first step is identifying what you need to focus on. When you don't have that clearly defined goal, your mind just wanders. You have that spaghetti brain or monkey brain, like my wife calls it. That goal, the the five tools that I talked about last week, that was an anchor. I was able to latch onto that with my mind and focus solely. Now that sounds easy, right? (laughs) It should be. Sometimes the goal is simple. Like I have to send in this report by 2 p.m. or whatever that is. And that is your goal. But when you don't have a set deadline, like for the podcast, when I sit down to plan and record the podcast, I often make the mistake of not giving myself a deadline. I don't say, okay, at this time, you will be recording the podcast. You have to have your your layout and your content all planned by 10 o'clock a.m. in order to record by 10.30, and then you'll have the podcast released by this time. I don't do that. And so it makes it gets complicated. So if you can identify the priority and write it down, break it down into small little tasks that you can do, whether that is, you know, on a notepad or whether that's on your phone, have those things broken down, put them in order of importance. You know, I'm not going to sit here and put down record podcast at 8am and then at 8.30 create podcast notes. And then, you know, it has to be an order of importance or an order of priority. And it often helps to take the the biggest and most urgent ones first. You know, if that's in my construction business, you know, I'm going to attack the big thing of the day first. I'm not going to go do all the little items that take 15 or 20 minutes. I'm going to do the six hour thing first. That's the urgent one. That's the big one. I've got to get that one done before I do all the rest of the things. It's like the big rocks thing. If you have a five-gallon bucket and you have a bunch of big rocks, then you have a bunch of little rocks, then you have a bunch of sand, and then you have water, 
what order do you put those things in? You got to go with the biggest things first, the big priorities, put the big rocks in first. Then the little rocks fill in the cracks. Then the sand fills in those cracks. And then the water fills in all those cracks. Separate it out. We talked about into small steps, but give those steps blocks of time. You know, do this thing for this long, set a timer, even if that helps and don't overextend yourself. Like don't, you have to be realistic with it. You can't say, I'm going to record this podcast in 15 minutes and you only give yourself 15 minutes to record a podcast that is now at 30 minutes. You can't overextend yourself. That's not realistic. Got to have good expectations. And instead of making a list that's two miles long and then you look at it and it's like, oh no, how am I going to get all this stuff done? Just give yourself a couple items off the list. You know, the highest priority ones. I'm going to do this. Then you come back to the list and do that. You focus, you follow one course until success. And then you come back. And if you run out of things to do on that list, on that list of items, then you create a new list. You also need to get rid of those distractions that we talked about. Put your phone on airplane mode. Put it in another room. Turn off your notifications. Close those browser windows. Right now I'm looking at like 15 browser windows and and any one of them could pop up and and start yelling at me about something. You've got to get rid of those things if you want to focus. If When I am trying to work on a quote for a client, I have to close out of those things. I've got to get rid of them. There's... Those are digital distractions, right? But there's also physical distractions, like people walking in on your office. There's hunger. Um, You've heard the term hangry, right? Like when you're so hungry that you're angry and you can't focus. My wife gets like that. She doesn't do well when she's hungry. I don't have much of a problem with it. If I'm super duper hungry, like if I've missed two meals, then yeah, it's not great, but it's not that big of a deal for me. Um, Another one is is the temperature. Like, are you too hot? Are you too cold? It's hard to stay focused when there's sweat dripping off of you. Another one is noise. You know, if, if in the background over here, my neighbor is running his lawnmower or over here, that neighbor is running his tractor and bush hog, you know, 50 feet away, bush hogging his field out there. That's a lot of noise and it's very distracting. So I might put in some, put some headphones on, put on some nice music or something like that. Uh, the next thing that you need to do to improve your focus is stimulate your brain. Now, love coffee, hate coffee, whatever. It is proven that caffeine helps you to focus. It improves it. <laughs> I'm going to liken it to your phones and uh, a computer. So digital devices have what's called a processor. And that is what processes the information of the digital device. Now, a slow processor processes things slowly. That's when your computer gets slow. Your processor is having a hard time keeping up. Excuse me, whether that's clogged or whether it's just getting old, whatever that might be. You can do something to those devices called overclocking it. That is, from my understanding, it forces it to work faster than it's designed to do. Okay, so what you're doing is you're maybe adding more voltage to it than it should have. And that makes it work a little faster, which creates, which creates more heat. It probably will make so the device doesn't last as long. Caffeine works the same way. It stimulates your brain 
sometimes faster than it than it should go. If you ever drank coffee and you kind of get jittery and you get the shakes and and things just aren't going well for you, that's the caffeine working, right? But it can help improve your cognition. But if you get dependent on it, that is not a good thing. So you might want to save that for days when you're really struggling. I know that I could drink less coffee. I know Nicole Sauce of Holler Roast Coffee, who makes the best coffee in the world, by the way. She probably would not like to hear me say I should drink less coffee, but I should drink less coffee. Um, you could also try adding some background music. Um, when I really need to focus and or maybe I'm feeling stressed, I turn on some soft, easy listening, either like some musical or some Enya, just some relaxing music to calm my brain down or um, just to help me to focus, to take away those other distractions. It doesn't take up a lot of my processor space in my brain, but it does calm it down just a little bit and helps me to focus on the right things. Every time I think of listening to music like that, I have to think of an Adventures in Odyssey episode. Now, growing up, I listened to Adventures in Odyssey every single night. I loved Adventures in Odyssey. And if you've got kids, you need to have them listening to Adventures in Odyssey as well. It's a show produced by Focus on the Family. Excellent show. But there was a family called the Rathbones. And one night, they, uh, you know, they're a very sarcastic family. And they were trying to win an award, like some best family award or something like that. And so they're trying to do all of these things to seem like a good family. And the dad turned on some classical music and the son, whose name was Rodney was like, what's that? And the dad said, it's classical music. It aids the digestion. And Rodney says, I think it's working. I'm starting to get sick. <laughs> so I always have to think of that when I talk about listening to classical music or something to calm you down and all that. It's just a little humorous aside from my childhood. So try some background music, whatever it is that helps you focus. That might be for you. It might be some heavy metal or rap or country or Southern gospel or bluegrass, or I don't know what it is for you. Just find your thing and try it. And the last thing is to take breaks. So once you've done all the other things and it's kind of working, but you still find your mind just, you know, going that monkey brain or the spaghetti brain after a while, that's because you're focusing on it too long, focusing too hard. See, our brain wants new things. That's why the focus of today's world is like three seconds. So I, I know you've heard of TikTok. Maybe you've never been on TikTok. They started out only allowing 30-second videos, and now I think you can add 10-minute videos on TikTok. But if you don't hook the viewer within the first three seconds, if you don't have a hook that's enticing, your video does not do well. Three seconds. I, th I think it's actually less than that. That is a short attention span. So your brain craves the new, the, the novel, the whatever. Your brain craves different things. And after you've focused on something, you force your brain to stare at this page for so long, it just starts going numb, starts like, ah, I need something. And so it's good to take breaks. Um, there's a method of a productivity method. I think it's called the Pomodoro method, where basically you set a timer for like 20 minutes and you work hard at the thing for 20 minutes. And then 
when that timer goes off, you go take a break and you get a drink and you go to the bathroom and you whatever else for five minutes. And then you're back at it for 20 minutes and then off for five and then back for 20. That has been proven to help productivity, like majorly improve people's productivity and focus and getting stuff done. You might do things like taking a walk or grabbing a snack or doing maybe even a little physical exercise. Whatever those things are for you, you have to tell yourself that you can do it. You can focus. If you tell yourself that you have a hard time focusing, you will have a hard time focusing. But if you tell yourself, I can do it, like the little engine that could, I think I can, I think I can, I know I can, I know I can, I will do this, I will get this done, I can do it, you'll find a way. It opens up possibilities. Like, tell yourself, I can do it. And if you just can't figure it out, be like, well, how can I? Coach yourself through it. How could I do this? What would my boss or my mentor or my friend do if he were in this situation? How would they do this thing? Take yourself out of the situation. You can focus. If you start every day with a clear plan, clear expectations, and a positive attitude, you can focus. You can do the things that you need to do. And you can start your own business. I know you can do it. So with that being said, that is the end of the main topic of today's show of improving your focus. So I I hope those four steps that I gave you will help. And I also hope that if you do not already have your own business or side hustle or whatever, that you'll go start something. You'll at least start thinking, what could I do? You know, I'm not going to do anything, but if I was going to do something, what would that be? And how would I go about that? Just play that mental exercise for a minute and, and think it through and then go start something. Don't be held back. And don't forget to go sign up for the EdgeCon ticket giveaway and drop me an email, Ken at ConstructiveLiberty.com with your thoughts on building a small business or Solopreneur Radio for the new name of the podcast. Do good work.